Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I'm Dusty Slay. I'm your host. I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Slay, the artist formerly known as Hannah Hogan. (laughs) It is Hannah Slay here. Um, It's another late night podcast. Uh, Before we get into it, we would like to go ahead and discuss something. Uh, Last week, before recording the podcast, we went through a great painstaking process of cutting individual pieces of double-sided tape and sticking it to the back of these small picture frames where I had printed out uh, pictures of myself in comedy situations over the years. I mean, pictures with celebrities, pictures with comic friends of mine, pictures at clubs, and I had, I don't know, let's say... 30 pictures and I hung them all up on the wall with this sticky tape. I hung another big funny picture, a few other big posters with sticky tape or, or, or tape that where it'd be Velcro, uh, tape on one side, Velcro, you know, whatever on the other. And it was wonderful. I mean, it looked, uh, magnificent. I mean, it was like, really like, wow, this is great. It really, Hannah doubted me on it. And it just brought a lot of life to the room, the studio here, and it just felt good. And then we recorded a podcast on Wednesday night last week, and then I left on Thursday. And Hannah, you just want to describe what you were hearing while I was gone. While I was alone with the children throughout the weekend, I just started hearing ominous thumping sounds at erratic times over the course of three or four days. It, it could have been bodies falling. It could have been walnuts falling from a tree. But in truth, it was just these pictures falling down from the wall in the studio on the second story of our house. And some of the pictures, uh, the, the, you know, most of the pictures, what happened was the sticky uh, just came off the wall. But in other instances, the sticky ripped the paint off the wall and fell. While, while there are still, um, I'm looking right now, there's still nine pictures hanging. I hear the baby crying. All right. Well, I'll keep going. You want to check on him? Okay. All right. So what we do now is we put, we put the children to sleep, and then we come up here and do a podcast. So... What just happened was Hannah heard the baby crying as we were talking about pictures falling off the wall. But I can continue uh, because we have so many things that we cram into a day. This month, I'm particularly busy because um, I'm doing more three-night trips. So I'll go out on a Thursday and then come home on a Sunday. So it's three-night trips but it really ends up being, you know, four days. So I'm only gone three nights, but I'm gone four full days. So then when I'm home, I'm only home for three days. So we're trying to, you know, do all our normal family things. Um, and also, um, you know, in, in only three days. So 
Uh, so that's what I have three weekends like that this week. And then next week, I don't know if we'll be able to do a podcast. I'm sure we'll try to do one and hopefully we will. But next week I come home on a Sunday and then on Monday I'll be recording a Nate land episode. And then Tuesday I fly out to go do a corporate gig. I'm actually doing a corporate gig for Dale Earnhardt Jr., which is very exciting. I'm a 90s racing fan, meaning I've just not been into it since I was a kid. I mean, when I was growing up, my family was really into NASCAR. And so I, I, I really watched a lot of NASCAR. We collected a lot of NASCAR. I'm very, very familiar with 90s racing. I'm about as familiar with 90s NASCAR as I am 90s Braves. 90s Braves are about the only base, well, for sure, the only baseball team that I could name the entire lineup. Um, and um, so I don't know, but and then I'll come home and then leave again. Um, so I don't know. We'll try to get one in, I'm sure, but there is no guarantees. Um, but um, Hannah's back. Yeah, the baby's still crying, so I don't know if this podcast is going to continue on without me or just stop well what i'd like to do is i could go through a little where we've been where we're going okay if that you think that'd give you enough time to uh we'll see to tend to to tend to uh our sweet son we'll see i was having so much fun on this podcast and then um you know I'll just try to keep going, but Hannah has a really great podcast lined up for I us. I do. I have a, a pretty fun bit about rats. So if I, and I, I'm excited to tell some rat stories. So if I'm done, not done with where we've been, where we're going, by the time she gets back, we'll probably stop the podcast. You don't really need to know all this. We could probably just edit all this, but I'll be honest. I like doing a podcast where I don't have to do any editing. Last week, if I had joked about it on the podcast, I would have left it in. But I'm going to tell you anyway. You know, somehow, sometimes when you sneeze, you also fart a little bit. Well, I did that on the podcast. And I, you know, and if I had made a joke about it, then I wouldn't have cared. But I didn't want somebody to listen to this podcast, hear me sneeze and fart at the same time. And then it be some joke. This is like, childhood trauma i think uh i i got a couple of farting jokes that i'm doing now on stage occasionally but the gist of it is that you know i don't really find farts funny i don't like them as a joke i don't like you know farting in an area and then being like ha 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 i just did that farting's a little bit traumatic for me i don't know why but i not the the act of doing it i mean i obviously i love doing it uh, who doesn't? I don't know anybody that has to pass gas that that doesn't love letting it out. Um, but, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, it just felt like farting in school was like the most embarrassing thing. I mean, it was just um, the worst. I mean, I could... Um, I, my mom used to make me these cinnamon rolls and they were canned cinnamon rolls, but they were absolutely delicious. And I would eat them and love every minute of it. And then I would go to school and later that day, I would be real stick, sick to my stomach and need to poop. But I would not do it. 
I would not do it at school. And I don't know that I ever did. I might have done it one time, but I really don't know that I ever pooped in school my entire uh, school career. So I, um, I would just be in pain. I would just be in stomach pain. I would just live through it. That's probably why I have digestive issues now. There's a lot of reasons why I might have digestive issues. But I can go ahead and do a little where we've been, where we're going, and hopefully not have to do any editing on this podcast. I'll try to not drag it out, but I'll try to be detailed. This past weekend, I went to Tacoma, Washington. Uh, I've been to Seattle, Washington before, which Seattle and Tacoma are the same airport. Um, and then I went, uh, and then I've been to Puyallup, uh, Washington for a fair one time. I've got a YouTube video on my time in Puyallup, Washington. And at the end of it, my audio was a little messed up. I left the background music a little too loud for what I was saying, but I just left it. And people commented all the time. They go, the background music could be a little quieter. And I'm like, yeah, it could it could be, it could be louder. You know what I mean? So there's a lot you can do with audio these days. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not ever, it, it, if a video of mine is like perfectly edited and it's like, wow, this is great editing. Somebody else probably did it. And it's not that I can't do it, but I like stuff that's a little rough around the edges. I'm into kind of a rough edited podcast that stuff's fun to me. I like a rough edited video, but I've not been doing a lot of videos like that. I, I haven't done one in a while. I used to do top five country songs. I really like that, but I just got out of doing it. I'm, I'm doing a lot of comedy these days, and uh, with two podcasts a week, I just get pretty tired. But I went, and two kids. Uh, I guess I forget to mention that sometimes. Back when I was editing all these videos. I didn't have kids. I mean, kids literally change everything. I mean, you go from all your free time being spent, um, you know, just on your own. I mean, Hannah is a very independent person and I'm a pretty independent person. So before we had kids, we just had loads of free time because, you know, especially when we moved into this house, we had extra bedrooms. Uh, Hannah could be in a room. I could be in a room. We could be working on our own creative projects. But kids um, take up all your time. And personally, I feel like if they're not taking up all your time, you're being selfish to your kids. Hannah's back now. Hey, guys. I've not even really got into where we've been, where we're going. I oh. had a, a, a long riff about how I don't want to edit the podcast and how last week I sneezed and farted at the same time. <laughs> and had I joked about it, I might have left it in. But since I didn't mention it, I didn't want people to just come across it. And then I talked about how I... Uh, I don't really think farting is funny. And then I, I, I don't believe I ever pooped in school my entire school career. What? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I did either. It's not something that I clocked. I wasn't like 
clocking it. But this is the thing. Women sit down every time they go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Men don't. Right. So I don't, I mean, I said it might've happened once or twice, but I do not believe that it ever took place. Men don't sit down except for my dad. Well, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna run down your dad here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Sorry. why he does that i don't know why or why he shared it with me <laughs> so <funny. laughs> uh, yeah. i mean i get it if you're like old but your dad's in great shape yeah <laughs> i mean your dad no, i think he's done that all his whole life your dad is i in, think it's a choice he made a while ago okay yeah oh no i don't i'm not a <laughs> i'm not a sitter <laughs> yeah so, um, but I was just about to get into a little where we've been, where we're going. I went to Tacoma, Washington, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I did the Tacoma Comedy Club, and apparently there's two Tacoma Comedy Clubs. There is, uh, and they're about three miles from each other in the city, and they're both called Tacoma Comedy Club, owned by the same people. So, I was headlining one of the clubs, and a uh, former Atlanta comic, Catherine Blanford, who we both know, mm -hmm. was headlining the other comedy club. And I guess she was just doing a Friday-Saturday show. I was doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. On Friday night, I come out of the green room, and she's standing there, and she's confused because her show started at 8, mine started at 7.30. She's there about 7.40, wondering why there's already a comic on stage. She was at the wrong club. Um, but I had so much fun in Tacoma. When I got, uh, well, yeah, I had a good time. I don't want to say so much fun. I enjoyed my feature. Uh, uh, Georgia Comstock out of Denver, Colorado. I enjoyed um, the host, uh, Matt Turlington, Turkington. I'd have to look it up and I don't know. Matty T. Matty T, yeah. I mean, they were just very nice and it was just pleasant. To, I never worked with either of them really. Georgia had featured for me at the Denver Comedy Works. But in Denver Comedy Works, what they have is every, a different feature for you every night. So you don't really work with people. They just come and do their show and leave. So you don't really work with them. Just very nice people. Uh, all a bit hippie-ish. And I could talk a lot about, uh, you know, food being poison and uh, factory farming. Raw and, milk. Uh, raw milk a little bit. Yeah, we did get into a little raw milk conversation. Yeah. Um, but I was downtown. Um, Tacoma, and I walked down to this dispensary, and I walked by Washington State University. I don't know if I don't know if that's what it was. It was W, and I don't know if it was the main campus, but I walked by, and I just want to say I saw those kids, and I do not feel good about the future. I'll tell you that. I mean, it did not look. It, it could have been drama class or art class that had let out, but it was. I was like, wow. Uh, this is now, you know, and I grew up and I've said this to Hannah already. I grew up next to Auburn university. I used to spend a lot of time there. And then I, uh, spent 10 years in Charleston, South Carolina, Carolina with college of Charleston. And I'm just used to college campuses just, and I'm not 
trying to be sexist here. I'm just saying I'm used to college campuses just being full of attractive people in general. And that is not what I saw. And it is not just that that I that 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 bothers me, but it was it was a, you know, it was a it, was, uh, it just seemed like a confused bunch of people, mm-hmm. you know? And it just doesn't look good. Because they're the ones in a few years that will be yelling at me that they're smarter than me because they have a diploma and I don't. Well, what I hear is they're learning a lot in <laughs> yeah. college. Yes. They're learning a lot. Yeah, they are learning a lot. So I walked on down and the further I got towards this dispensary, the sketchier it got. A few more homeless people here and there. Not too bad. Not like a tent city vibe that I've seen in a lot of cities but just more abandoned buildings. And then I had to pass through an overpass on my way there, and there were just a bunch of people sitting up under the bridge, not with tents, just sitting up there hanging out. And as I get to this dispensary, I realized that I had lost my driver's license license the other day and that I didn't have it. So I have a passport with me that I use to travel. So I walk in, I ask this guy, seemed like a large Native American man, not heavy, but just a big, tall man. And I go, hey, I lost my ID and I just want to see if if it, a passport will work. And he goes, yeah, we'll take a passport. And I go, okay, great. So I Uber back because it was a 25 minute walk. And I chill out for a minute in the hotel and then I get my passport and I walk back down there because that was the point was to make two trips walking. I wanted to do about 50 minutes of walking. So I walk back down there. It's shadier than it was the time before. The, there was a guy on the street corner making a gun symbol with his fingers pointing at cars shooting at them. And I had to stand next to that guy while the crosswalk changed. Mm. And uh, I made it known that I was noticeably uncomfortable around this man. And that whenever he would move, I would also move so that I could keep eyes on him. And then um, I made it um, to the dispensary. I walk in. I show the passport to this uh, tall Native American man. And he goes, oh, bro, we don't take passports. Mm -hmm. Very straight face. And I go, come on, dude. And uh, he, he, then a big smile came across his face and he was like, I'm just messing with you. And we dapped it up and then I went on in and it was a good time. He got you. He did get me. He got you good. He did get me. Yeah. Because he was a very serious man mm-hmm. and it was fun. And then the, the next day, on Thursday, I forgot to mention, on Thursday, uh, there was a lady and her husband she came and she said, we're big fans of the podcast. Uh, I think she's big fans of the Nateland podcast. People don't specify a lot of times. They say, we're big fans of your podcast. And uh, and I never know what they mean. But turns out later she was a Nateland fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I own, and I had made fun of my clothes on stage that night. Because uh, my shirt had shrank up a lot and my jeans were pretty new and big. They were a bit baggy. And I said that I looked like a triangle on stage because <laughs> I was bigger at the legs and at the top. What happens to you? <laughs> what happens when you put your clothes in your suitcase that all of a sudden they come out not fitting right? Well, it's the dryer where they shrink up. Oh. Jeez, <laughs> oh, dude. So it comes back on the wife. Well, I'm not saying it's you, but it's the dryer is where they okay. shrink up. Well, because I wash them, dry them, and then put them in the suitcase, and then I show up to my show, and I'm like, "Oh, 
this is getting small. Yeah. And I make a lot of jokes about my shirts being small. Yeah, you do. Uh, I actually a, never realized that it was my fault. But, a, I'm um, not saying it's your fault. Well, someone's got to look at that dang dryer. Yeah. So, um, so the lady said, I own a couple of boutiques in town and we want to have you in there and give you some clothes. I said, okay, great. She said she had sent me a message on Instagram. So I dug around in there and I found the message. And then on Friday, I didn't respond to it. And then uh, on later that day, she sent me a message and I said, well, I saw that it was only for your invite was for Friday. And I said, I'm probably not going to make it today. And she said, well, if you come tomorrow, we'll still do it. And I said, okay. So I decided to do it. And that on, on Friday, that's when I ran into Catherine and then Georgia was with me and then I, and then Matt too. Uh, so I invited them all to go down to this other side of Tacoma, which was Point Ruston is what they call it. I invited them all to go there. Matt said, I have a friend in town. I'm not going to be able to come. So me and Catherine and Georgia got in an Uber, drove down there and then we went to this boutique and this lady put on a little, let me put on a little bit of a fashion show. I walk into this dressing room. It has my name on it. And inside oh. the room, they have several, uh, and this place is called Purpose. They have Purpose, that's the name of their store. Purpose for males, Purpose for women. And they give a percentage of all their profits to uh, a charity to help fight human trafficking. Um, and... I go in and there's just all these outfits. So I just start changing, trying on outfits. And it's really fun. She said her whole goal is to make, bring customer service back, to make everybody's experience exciting. There were other men in there, not associated with me, trying on clothes. But all the people were just like, all the employees were just there cheering people on and saying, I don't, I don't know if I like these jeans. And they would get them a different pair. And it was just a shopping experience. And she gave me a couple of outfits. And then she took uh, Georgia and Catherine and myself to the women's store and gave them both an item and then gave you an item. I mean, you were just pampered. Yeah. You were just pampered. And then, and then afterwards, I, I just... I didn't feel guilty. I just felt so thankful. She kept saying, the lady's name is Christy. She just kept saying how great this ice cream place was next to um, the boutique. So I said, could we buy you some ice cream? Mm. So we all went and had ice cream. And while we're waiting in line to get ice cream, I think I see Matt crossing the street the guy who I had invited. Mm. I saw he had headphones on. And I go, is that Matt? And even Christy, who was just uh, 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 an audience member, goes, yeah, that's that guy. And they yelled for him. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he has headphones on. So, so did he lie to you? So about then we get a, back to another engagement. I get back to the hotel. Very little time. Uh, we all, you know, we just get, get, you know, we have a little food. We get dressed. We go to the show. And I see Matt. And I go, hey, I saw you today. And he, he, he just seemed so embarrassed. And he goes, he goes, he goes, I went to lunch with my friend. And then, because he wasn't from the area. He goes, I went to lunch with my friend. And then you had told me about this area of town that you were going to go to. And he was like, 
I just, it sounded cool. And so I thought, well, I'll go check it out. And he goes, I should have hit you up, but I just figured you'd already be, because it was several hours after I invited him. He said, I just figured you would be gone. And he's like, I look like such a jerk right now. And I was not mad at him, but it was weird that he was down there. It's okay if you want to be alone, Matt. Yeah. Matty T. Yeah. Uh, Matt Turkin, I think it is. Turkington. I've never met the fellow. Turkington. Um, You know, it just makes me so happy thinking you just got to spend the day getting styled and pampered and hanging out with pretty ladies. It just, you know. Well, you've said it so much that at this point it makes it seem like you're not happy about it. No, because it's actually a, a real achievement for me because when we first started dating, I mean, I don't know what I would do if I thought you even looked at another woman. But now I'm like, he deserves some fresh female eyes on him. <laughs> it was just comedians all hanging out. They're still women. They are, sort but of. we're all comedians here. Yeah. And um, and one and, and all. Well, two, two of us are married and the yeah. other engaged. Yeah. So we're just hanging out, yeah. getting outfits. Yeah. Did you talk about the law at all with these women? No. No. Yeah, well, that's, that's more like third date. Dusty. You know what, though? I did talk a little bit about it because, you know, at some point it came up uh, in the green room about um, certain foods. And I said, well, I don't eat pork and shellfish. And it came up later. Why don't I eat it? And I said, well, you know, for religious reasons. Mm-hmm. And then nobody really pressed much further yeah, than that. Yeah, they're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I only offer it up, really, if people want to talk about it. I don't like to, you know, it's like, if you're listening to my podcast, I assume you want to talk about it. Well, I'm just going to go stick a pacifier in our son's mouth. Okay. Um, real quick. Okay. So, um, I'll finish up okay. where we've been, where we're going. And then, um, um, and the shows were really great in Tacoma. I really enjoyed them. Uh, I had never been to the area, like I said, and I just liked all the people that came out. Uh, everybody was so nice. I also got, I don't know what the thing is called. I shared it on my Instagram, but it's a toy and you'll see these toys that a lot of celebrities have them and various different things. Like somebody told me they have collected all of them and star Wars characters, but they got real big heads and little bodies. And someone created one of those for me. I wish I had a got their Instagram handle up here, but I don't even have my phone. And um, I may share it again. So you'll be hearing this on Thursday. I'll try to share that again, just so you can see it and follow the guy if you want to. Uh, also, Hannah has a, a Instagram channel. I think it's called Hannah underscore Slash. I'll let her say it. Uh, but she's been having some reels really pop off and it's a lot of fun. But this toy that was made for me it, it is a dusty sleigh toy, and I'm waving, I'm holding a microphone, I have a hat and hair and glasses, you know, you know the deal, and it's very fun. Daisy's been playing with it, and she says, that's my daddy toy, and uh, I just love it. It's so fun. I debated whether I would open it, because I th- it feel like it's one of those toys where, where you don't open it. I've never been good at that, though. I like toys. To be honest... I want my kids to want to play with G.I. Joe's because I'd like to play with the toys. I don't know how long it would last. I think I live in my mind that I want to play with toys, but I like to take a couple of G.I. Joe's and just work their hands and have them punch each other and body slam each other. 
I just think that's a lot of fun. I mean, I know I'm a grown man. I'm, I'm in my 40s, but I love doing that. And the people at that comedy club were so nice. Um, and next week, this well, this coming up week, I'm going to be doing another one of their clubs in Spokane, Washington. Uh, never been to Spokane at all. Never been to that side of Washington. Somebody told me that that is the south of Washington. Somebody said it's dangerous. Somebody said it's sketchy. It all sounds like my kind of place. Uh, I like a place that's a little bit sketchy, you know? I don't want it to be scary. Um, I don't want it to be Bridgeport, Connecticut out here. But um, uh, I like a little sketchiness to it. So I'll be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the Spokane Comedy Club. Uh, very exciting stuff. I'm excited to be hitting another part of Washington. Um, I look forward to it. And I hope that if you live in the area, you will come. So now that is where we've been, where we're going. That has gotten us all up to speed on what's happening. And now, uh, Hannah found a topic. In well, the... I want to talk about the envelope. Okay. You want to talk about the envelope? Sure. Are you ready to talk yeah, about I'm the ready. envelope? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. We'll kick it off, son. Well, we had to get Sam's passport. And we talked about this, I think, on the last podcast to some degree. We had to get Sam's passport. But Hannah had put this envelope together. This envelope, I think, had Sam's birth certificate, had my birth certificate, her birth certificate, um, had all kind of important paperwork for us to give to the guy at the passport thing. And then when we get there, now they're all copies, but they're still all our information. And when we get there, the guy, and this, all right, before we get there, I mean, this envelope, this envelope is of the most importance. I can't leave it laying around. It can't get bent. I tried to drop it down to Hannah from upstairs after I made the copies. She would not let me do it. She did not want anything bent, did not want anything misplaced. This was the world's most important envelope. So we go down to the post office. We give the guy the envelope. He doesn't need my birth certificate. He doesn't need Hannah's birth certificate. So we put them back in the envelope. The guy takes the rest of the stuff. And then we, you know, it was a bit of a hectic day, a bit stressful. Uh, Hannah hands me back my ID in, in, and I just put it in my pocket, something I never do. I've never lost my ID my entire life. I've had an ID since I was 16. Um, I guess that means 24 years I've gone without losing my ID. I was a complete blackout alcoholic for 10 years, never lost my ID. And she gives me this stuff. I put it in my pocket. And then I realized later that day that I don't have my ID. And I can't find it. I go all through the truck looking for it. I dig all through the truck. I dig through the diaper bag that we took that day. I dig through the pockets that I was wearing. I dig through Hannah's purse. And then we can't find the envelope. So I'm thinking maybe the ID went into the envelope. So I'm asking Hannah where the envelope is. And Hannah's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know where that envelope is. And I go, I just... I just don't understand 
how that envelope was so important to you earlier in the day, and now you don't even seem to care about the envelope. And I was getting pretty frustrated because not long ago, this envelope was the most important envelope in the world. Well, because previously the envelope had several different documents in it, right? And not just a, and then at the end of getting Sam's passport, all it had was two photocopies of mine and your birth certificates. So, and uh, I'm thinking in my head, well, my husband's like an influencer, basically a comedian influencer person. No one's going to steal his identity. And then my birth certificate is Canadian. Nobody wants that either. So I'm thinking it's fine if it's lost. But so Hannah, uh, uh, in an attempt to, and I'm pretty fired up, but in an attempt to calm me down, Hannah goes, I don't know. Maybe I dropped it on the way to the car and I looked at it and I go, it's just not worth it. We're too stressed out. I can't pick it up. We got to get out of here. And I go, what? <laughs> Is that what happened? Or are you just saying maybe it happened? <laughs> but this is what, okay. All, th from my perspective, you lost your driver's license. That was the in initial emergency. You lost your driver's license. And so you start getting frantic looking all over the house and, and you do what you do every time you lose something, which is Hannah, where is it? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where it is. And then all of a I sudden- I admit you, that I always seek your help when I lose something. And I then, will admit that. So you're, you've lost your driver's license. You're frantic about that for 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden you get on this envelope business. And then I feel like you're start to displace your anxiety about your ID onto the envelope. And then all of a sudden you bring me into like, where is the envelope? So I don't know where the envelope is. I, in my heart of hearts, didn't know where it was, but to just take the blame for it. I was like, I guess I lost the envelope, Dusty. It's but, gone. But that's what was so frustrating. What, what was really frustrating me is how little you seem to care about the envelope. <laughs> I knew that you didn't care about my driver's license. I didn't have any illusions that you cared about my driver's license, but I thought I earlier that day, this envelope was so important. And now that you're so flippant about it, I was like, what's going on here? I was here? just trying to calm down and my then, husband and say, it was me. I'm sorry. Don't and, blame yourself. And I wasn't. I didn't, and I'm not looking to blame people. That's what I it just, felt like. I just wanted the items. Yeah. And then I found the envelope. In Daisy's toy basket. And the ID was not in there. Mm. But I was like... I just couldn't believe it. She was like, I, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was something to the effect of maybe I dropped it on the floor. And in a rush, I just said, hey, that's not that important. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that because I knew I had seen it around. And what I had seen was it in Daisy's toy box being like, that shouldn't be there, but it's fine yeah. there. And then that's that was the image, the recollection I was having. But I'm like, maybe I had it in a parking lot. Maybe I had it in the post office. Or maybe I had it looking at Daisy's toy box. So I've ordered another ID, and I don't know when that will come. So now I'm having to show a passport everywhere I go. <laughs> Just seems ridiculous. Yeah. Really makes you look at your life when you lose your ID. Well, my life is in check. I just started the podcast off talking about how kids dominate your life. So yeah. I'm going to blame, you know, we're at this post office and I know we talked about this, 
But there was no, like when me and Hannah left to go there, Hannah did not prep me on the fact that we might have to wait several hours. I didn't know. I didn't look into it. So I had to pee so bad and there was no bathroom there. Daisy's freaking out. She's, we didn't bring any toys for Daisy. Daisy was hanging out with a Mexican family that none of them spoke English. She's just sitting over there trying her best to communicate with this little kid so she could draw with her. She's desperate for for playtime. I wish we spoke Spanish just so I could say to them, hey, we forgot toys for our baby. Will you let her sit at your table with you and draw? Because they were letting her sit there, but the dad seemed confused by it because the dad was gone. And the whole family was there when Daisy walked up. And then the dad came back in and he kept looking at Daisy like, what's this girl doing here? Who <laughs> is Daisy this? Daisy wasn't really talking. She was just kind of staring. <laughs> yeah. She was just kind of staring. She's a real starer. Yeah. Um, so Hannah reads The New Yorker now. We get one of these magazines every week. And Hannah. I love it. I, I do. I am into it. I don't want to read it. But um I'm into it in the sense that she's reading a physical magazine as opposed to looking at a phone. Mm-hmm. I look at my phone a lot, but I'm doing a lot of different things on there. I book flights. I'm I'm paying bills. I'm checking emails. I'm, you know, I'm wasting a lot of time on social media, but I am doing those other things. And I also read articles. I read about owls today for a while. I bought, I bought two bat houses and an owl house. And I, I'm going to put them out at the land, but I wanted to put the owl box here at the house to, yeah. in our neighborhood to attract, um, you know, to attract an owl here. I thought that'd be really cool. But Hannah seems to think that's a bad idea. I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned about a forest predator <laughs> being brought into the suburbs with little babies around. You don't know nothing about an owl, <laughs> Dusty. You don't know anything about, about an owl. And you trying to bring it into the suburbs where every house is eight feet away from each other? Well, you just I know. want a giant owl? Well, you don't know nothing. You don't know, know what you're doing. Owls. That's wild. <laughs> That's insane. I said to you today, and I'll say it on the podcast, there's going to be a headline next year like, idiot comedian attracts owls with his owl house, and now a child's gone. Well, that's a poorly written headline. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm against the owl. And right now, dang, if we don't have an owal house in our living room and a bat house in our living room, it's yeah. like, I don't we even know. We would have what- two bat houses if they had sent me the full thing. You know, I, I, I emailed the place and I said, hey, I ordered three things. You sent me two. Just checking to see if you're going to send the third one later and they go take a picture of what you already have and i'm like is that so you don't think i'm stealing it i mean because if i'm stealing it all i gotta do is not take a picture of that third thing yeah but maybe they're like this happens all the time and people ask for the wrong thing maybe an owl swooped in the mailman's truck and then took it away could be yeah good house I'd like a, I'd like, they say the most common is the screech owl, which seems like the one I don't want. Yeah. What I want is the, the great barn owl. Who, who, who. That's what I want. Who, who, who. That's what I want. It is fun to make that sound. It's almost enough fun to just allow you to have the owl if we could hear I the just want to be able to, they said to put up a nest cam. 
so that you can see it because they're hard. Yeah, buy hard, more things. Hard to see it. Just go ahead and buy more things. Well, I'm not even convinced that an owl, I, you know, I'll tell you this. I'm 100% convinced that this owl house will not actually attract an owl. I think this is just a ploy to get someone to buy something. Well, it's not that expensive, so. Okay, how much was it? I think 30 bucks. Really? Yeah. I mean. It's just a wooden box. I mean, yeah. It's, okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I buy birdhouses and the eastern bluebird nest in there. Yeah, we have we have birdhouses and about half of them have birds and the other half don't. I can't do anything about that, but that some of them do have birds. Well, you want to make a bet right now? I, I think we should make a bet to see. I don't, I'm not a gambler. All right, Dusty, but let's just make a friendly little guess. I'm so against betting, but I'll make this little. Let's make the guess. Yeah. I guess that there will be no owl with right. this owl house. Well, I guess that there will be. Okay. Okay. So we will see. Yeah. And we'll guess, you know, some sort of uh, wager on it of sorts. Okay. That, you know. Uh, if the owl comes, now how, how much time do I get? A year. From the time I put the owl house up. Yeah. All right. I If, um, I don't know. Let's just say you get a year, and if it doesn't come in a year, you get to make fun of me about it. Okay. And if it does come, you have to admit that I'm the owl whisperer. <laughs> 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 So that's what this is all about. Listen, what I want to do is I, I think nature is under attack, right? There's a lot of stuff that I can get on board with with nature conservatism. I don't believe in global warming, but uh, man-made global warming I don't believe in. And I also don't believe in the government solution to that. Um, it's just everything. It's like the government is causing all the problems. Uh, they're the ones that, uh, you know, they're just causing everything. <laughs> I mean, Bill Gates is trying to block out the sun, right? So all this, they causing all the problems. And then they go, hey, guys, if you want to stop this, give us some money. So I don't believe in that. But I do believe that nature is under attack. I think our native plant species is under attack. I think our animals are under attack. Today on our walk, we saw over 10 deer yeah. on the walk. These deer have nowhere to go now. They keep bulldozing all the woods. I want, I'm almost against hunting now. I used to be 100% for hunting. I'm almost against it now because I just think we, we've we reached a spot where our, our dang animals, um, they got nowhere to go. And, and I feel bad for them. And I want to create a, a, a spot where animals can come and live peacefully. And maybe it's all... Uh, all a, a, a pipe dream, but uh, I I have always loved animals. Who And we got even in our little suburb here. We got frogs. We got turtles. I saw a dead squirrel today. I've not seen a lot yeah. of squirrels in a while. Mm. I don't see a lot of rabbits anymore either. We used to have a ton of rabbits, groundhogs. I mean, all kinds of things. Daisy chased the rabbit around the other day. I'm hoping she didn't scare it off. Mm. She was just having fun, but I hope she didn't scare it. How do you feel about rats? Well, rats are a different thing. Let's talk about it. I have just read an article in the New Yorker called Harboring Rats, and it was written 
1944. Uh, but it's a fascinating article. And if you want to know anything about rats, this article is going to tell you about it. So I'm just going to read a couple segments and then I'm just going to see what Dusty has to say about it. All right. Rats are almost as fecund as germs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Fecund. What does that mean? Well, the following sentence will explain it. Okay. All right. Rats are almost, I might be saying it wrong. Fushund, fecund. I think it's got to be fecund. Either way, I don't know what it means. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I do know what it means. 40, 1940s language. You know mm, what I mean? It's still a word people use. Okay. Rats are almost as fecund <laughs> as germs. In New York, under fair conditions, they bear from three to five times a year in litters from five to 22. There's a record of seven litters in seven months from a single captured pair. The period of gestation is between 21 and 25 days. They grow rapidly and are able to breed when four months old. The span of life is between three and five years, although now and then one may live somewhat longer. A rat at four is older than a man at 90. Exterminators refer to old rats as Moby Dicks. Rats that survive to the age of four are the wisest and the most cynical beasts on earth. The exterminator says a trap means nothing to them. No matter how skillfully set, they just kick it around until it snaps. Then they eat the bait and they can detect poisoned bait off a yard. I believe some rats can read. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty wild. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I got several rat slash mice stories. I don't, you know, I have a little bit of a, when I was in high school, I bought two mice, a male and a female mouse. We named them, um, you know, names that I can't even say on the podcast. They were just, we named the male Debo, and from, I think from Friday. Okay. And the, the woman we gave a, uh, like a, like a, a name that you would give a woman in a rap video. Okay. And, uh, little Kim. Yeah. And okay. no, but yeah, like a, like a, like a cuss word. Oh, okay. And, um, but I love those mice and they bred. Yeah. And they had three mice. And then I went somewhere and I bought two more. Uh, I didn't want a lot of inbreeding going on. That's careful of you. And then they bred with those new mice. And then things got out of control. <laughs> what? What happened? I bought, I had several aquariums. At my mom's house, I had the upstairs which the bedroom was the size wise was about half the house. And I started to get aquariums. I had aquariums all over the room. I had one giant aquarium. This went on until after high school. Um, and then uh, I had a bunch of aquariums there with, with lids on them. And I had one aquarium that was the general population aquarium where I had little tubes set up where they could go into the tubes but be up against the glass so you could see them in there. It was kind of like a hiding place for them, but I could see them. And <laughs> we had so many mice. And I had 
And a lot of them would be really tucked down in all these different areas. And you couldn't really see them. You could kind of see them in the glass area that I had set up, but they would push the sawdust up around there. And I had a friend who sold weed at the time, and he sold old kind of swag weed is what we called it, you know. Um, and he would buy it, and he would have this big brick, and then he would bring it over to my house, and he would break it up and put it into individual baggies. And then he would have all these seeds left over. All these seeds would just fall out of it. So I would have this huge bag of seeds. And I had this little clay bowl that I had made, a very small clay bowl that I had made in high school. And I put that clay bowl kind of at the top of the structure inside of the big general population aquarium. And we would open that lid and I would put a few of those weed seeds in that bowl and then put the lid back on it. And mice would come from everywhere in that aquarium and just crowd around that bowl. And they would just eat all those weed seeds and they would just crush it. And I had, I mean, I had so many mice. Sometimes they would get out and I would have to catch them. I had a nice thing worked where they, if, if I could get them in the bathroom, <laughs> I could close the door and they couldn't get out of there. And then I had a little dustpan and they would run up the dustpan and they would slip and couldn't get any further. And then I would take a cup and put over the top of them on the dustpan and then I could put them back in the cage. I got very good at catching mice. And but so many mice had escaped that it had started to attract wild mice. So I caught a wild mouse with the same method. I caught a wild mouse in the bathroom, same method, and I put it in the aquarium with the other mice. And it was wild. At first, they did not get along well at all. But eventually, the wild mice got pregnant and gave birth to like some half, half tame, half wild mice. And... <laughs> and you could no longer, it got to the point where you could no longer open the top and get any, like at first Debo and his wife, I could handle, I could hold them. They were, they were like my pets, yeah. but this had gotten so out of control. You couldn't really hold them anymore. And so you couldn't really clean it out anymore. And it started to get really bad because there were so many mice and mice are pretty well known for eating their babies. So it was like every time a mouse gave birth, it was like they were getting eaten and it got really bad to a place that I had to get rid of them. And I dumped them all in the woods and let them have one last free for all <laughs> out there. One might say they were fecund. Yeah. I mean, I had a mouse that I mixed up this creatine water. And I would give him, he was the only mouse that would get the creatine water. And he was the only mouse with a wheel. And he was jacked. I mean, he was noticeably stronger than the other mice. I'm not kidding. He was noticeably bigger and stronger than the other mice. <laughs> <That's> so dumb. <laughs> I had a mouse that lost an eye. I had a mouse that had a growth on it that had started to grow on its back and the another mouse started eating the growth. 
They're very gross. You I had weren't t- playing when you said things started to get out of control. It did start to get. It was very fun at first. And How even, do you even leave your house when you got that going on in your house? Well, like, I, I don't even know what to say about that. They, uh, I had no idea that's who you were. There was um, shocking. Well, we had lids on there, but you know, we had to start putting like bricks on the lids to keep them from pushing the lids open. And it was attracting other animals too. Like I had, I woke up twice in the same night with a squirrel on me. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. Why a squirrel? I don't know. It was like a little squirrel, like a flying squirrel kind of thing. And uh, yeah. Twice in one night. We had a bat in the house at one point. Dusty Slay, what are you even talking about? Are you serious? Yes, at my mom's place. You had a, you woke up with a squirrel on your <laughs> yeah. face twice? Not my face, but my, my chest. What do you do? You just jump up in fear and then it runs off. And so were they looking for the mice? I don't know. The mice, I think the squirrel incident, the mice were gone by that point. And these were mice, not rats, but they were mice. Well, they're in the same, they're in the same vermin to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I was, uh, had a, you know, I've had some weird phases in my life and, uh, and the, the mice thing got out of control. It was just kind of a funny thing at first that I had a couple of mice, but you know, I was always, when I was younger, I liked hamsters and I had hamsters and, you know, you get those plastic hamster cages and then you could get all the tunnels that connect and and go so I had that growing up. I always liked animals. I had a frog, a pet frog for a while that I raised from a tadpole and it became a frog. I mean it would be cute, but then when you think about the the rate that they reproduce and then the description that you just gave, it's insanely gross to me. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, we had a little aquarium that we would put a few mice in, and then we had a little top with a hole in it. And we would, we, when we would smoke weed, we would blow like a little shotgun into the aquarium and put a little smoke in the aquarium and get the mice high. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that you, you, you had something called general population mice in your house. Well, cause you is know, there, all I need to know. Well, cause there were other aquariums where some were separated. There were some more peaceful mice that you still could hold. And then we had the creatine mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something. And, and, you know, this is not, you know, such a, it really was a short period of time because it got out of control pretty fast. Um, so it's not something I think about, but there is a video out there that I have. And, and I, I'm not showing all of them because video cameras were, were rare back then, but I do have a little video of some of the mice. And, um, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just, you know, little pothead kids with no future and um, going nuts in there. Well, I'm happy that you went through that phase and that, that is no longer who you are right now. There's not a, I don't even want a pet. Yeah. Well, listen, mice and I believe rats, according to this article, are, you don't know what they're up to when you turn your back. Listen to this. Listen to this, this piece of this article. This is from the New Yorker guys. Okay. They wrote it in New York. It's true. Okay. 
This is what he said. Now, Mr. Billing, he's an exterminator. Okay. Now and then, Mr. Billing takes on a big exterminating job. The city once hired him to quell the rats in Central Park and in the dumps on Rikers Island. For a hobby, he hides in food establishments at night and studies the feeding habits of rats. I'll swear to this, he says. One night in the warehouse of a grocery chain, I saw some egg-stealing rats at work. They worked in pairs. A small rat would straddle an egg and clutch it in his four paws. When he got a good grip on it, he'd roll over on his back. Then a bigger rat would grab him by the tail and drag him across the floor to a hole in the baseboard, a hole leading to a burrow. The big rat would slowly back into the hole, pulling the small one and the one with the egg in after him. And this is another story he had to share. I'll swear to this also, he says. This place had a bad problem, and I was called in to study it. I hid in a room where there were some sides of beef hung on hooks, about three feet clear of the floor. Around 11 p.m., the rats started wriggling in. In 15 minutes, they were around 200 in the room. They began jumping for the beeves, but they couldn't reach them. Presently, they congregated under one beef and formed a sort of pyramid with their bodies. The pyramid was high enough for one rat to jump up on the beef. He gnawed it loose from the hook. It rumbled to the floor and the 200 rats went to work on it. Wow. I don't doubt it. I mean, like somehow rats have made it. Uh, I mean, they, no one likes rats. No. No one likes rats. There's no one that likes them. And now, now I, I mean, there's a couple of outliers of people out there that probably have pet rats. And there are definitely domesticated rats, like the same kind of mice I was buying. You could also buy rats like that. My sister used to raise rats. She had a bunch of aquariums with rats in them. And she said she was raising them for people to sell to people that own snakes. So she was making a little side money, but it couldn't have been very much. And my friend, Joey Tomlinson, he, he was over at my house one time and my sister lived next door and we went over to her house and she put one of these rats on him, on his shoulder. Now they were just pet rats but it was like enough that he never wanted to go back over there. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's interesting that you said no one likes rats because check out what this guy wrote. Um, this is this is the the brown rat, which is ubiquitous in New York. The brown rat is an om, omnivorous scavenger, and it doesn't seem to care at all whether its food is fresh or spoiled. It will eat soap, oil paints, shoe leather, the bone of the bone-handled knife. Um, it can go for days without food, and it can obtain sufficient water by licking condensed moisture off of metallic surfaces. All rats are vandals, but the brown is the most ruthless. It destroys far more than it actually consumes. Instead of completely eating a few potatoes, it takes a bite or two out of a dozen. It will methodically ruin all apples and pears in a grocery in a night, gnawing on a few of them and then cutting them at the others for seeds. In a big warehouse, it goes berserk. In a few hours, a herd will rip holes in hundreds of sacks of flour, grain, coffee, and other foodstuffs, spilling and fouling the contents and making the wholesale mess. In some times, it, it sometimes seems that only a deep 
hatred of the human race could cause the rat to be so destructive. Wow. That rats hate us. The feeling is mutual. Well, yeah, you know, um, we, I don't know if we ever actually talked about this before, um, uh, on the podcast. I'm learning a lot about you on this podcast. Well, no, we, me and you, this is a, sh- a shared experience for me and you, but I don't oh. know if we ever actually mentioned it on the podcast, oh. but the problem is gone. So I feel comfortable talking about it. Okay. But in the spring and early summer, when we had strawberries, we had so many strawberries and it was really great. And one day I saw a rabbit come under this spot on the fence. And I thought, well, that's really cool. I like that this rabbit has this spot that he comes through under the fence because I like the rabbits. So we went out and we built this thing. We built, uh, we put a, we, we did talk about this on the podcast, but we put a, a tree limb out there that was kind of bent in such a way that I could put it over that and it would keep that hole intact. And we put a little mulch out there and we planted a few different plants and just made this kind of like cool rabbit hole area. And the day we built it, I'm out there and I'm looking at it and I go, oh, there's a rabbit out there now. I go, that's awesome. I was like, but that rabbit's moving in a weird way. And as I got closer, I could tell in the middle of the day, it was a rat. Mm. There was a rat out there. Mm. And then I started to notice rabbits or rats and either small rats or mice in our strawberry patch. So then we would go over there and look at the strawberries and they were brown. The the rats were brown and there would be little pieces bitten off of every strawberry. So much so that we stopped eating the strawberries. They wouldn't just eat a whole strawberry. They would take a bite out of every one. You had to have every one. And I had to put out traps, uh, put out the metal traps and I caught two or three. But then I and I thought, well, all I've ever seen is two. And now I've caught in three, so I must have got them all. And then I saw another one one day, middle of the day. So I, I didn't want to do it because I hate rat poison. I hate uh, I, how I believe that it kills them. From I used to sell rat poison as a pesticide salesman, and uh, and I, um, but I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta put this rat poison out. And I did put some out, and I've not seen any in several months. So I feel confident they're gone. Well, they must have made better rat poison since 1944 when this article was written. Because according to this article, he said that poison doesn't even work and that the most effective rat traps are old-fashioned snap or break back ones and a thing called glue board. We swear by glue board, he says. It's simply a composition single shingle smeared on one side with a thick, strong black glue. Well, you know, my in my dad's house, my dad lives on a farm and he has a really old barn where he would keep a lot of feed and stuff for the cows and the horses. And you would open that barn door and rats would go everywhere. And they were huge. Mm. I mean, they were so big that my dad had to nail the big rat traps to the floor because the rats would get trapped in the trap and run off with them. Wow, yeah. I mean, it was enough to come down on the rats and and trap them, but they would run away with it. It wouldn't kill them. Mm -hmm. You know, and when we lived in the rat house, as we refer to it, this house built in the 1800s, 
there was a little spot under the stairwell uh, where um, it was like a little closet where you would st- where you could store things. And we looked in there one day and you could see rat droppings everywhere. And then, but it was just like, oh, okay, must, they must have had rats here at one point. And, uh, and then one day you saw a rat in the kitchen, right? Yep. So that's when we were like, all right, we gotta, we gotta get rid of these. So I had seen in that closet that there was a lot of rat traps. So what I did was I, um, I put, I just went for the big ones right away. Um, and I put the big rat traps in there and these rats could set, I guess they were doing what it says in that, in that article, they would set those traps off eat the food and not get caught by them. Mm-hmm. So then I moved to the mouse traps. No, 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 no. Actually the big traps, they could eat the food off of the big traps without setting them off. And then the little traps, they seem to set off and get away from. So I went for the glue traps and one day, I set out the glue traps one night. Now, I put glue traps and glued them to a board. And I had, I mean, almost the, the whole floor covered with glue traps. And we went to bed. The next morning, we had to wake up very early and drive to Lowell, Arkansas to do comedy at the Grove, which is about a seven-hour drive, maybe more. So we had to get up very early. And we woke up early in the morning, and we could just hear this screaming. This is me and you. And we open that closet door and there are seven rats trapped in those glue traps. And I didn't know what to do because I hate rats, but I do not support the suffering of any animal, rat or no rat. I do not support suffering. So I was like, I must kill these rats. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I must kill them. So I took like a shovel and picked them up and I put them in a trash bag and then I put that trash bag into another trash bag. And then I went out in the backyard and I put that bag down on the ground and I could hear, you know, this is, I should have gave a a warning. There's a trigger warning. Trigger warning here. So just. Peter will unsubscribe from this podcast. (laughs) Just tell you that much now. But I'm I'm stopping the suffering. That's what's important to note note here. Imagine you're trapped to a glue trap and then someone just throws you in a trash can in a hot Tennessee summer. You're just going to die that way? I don't think so. I took them out in those trash bags. I took them out in the backyard. I I grabbed a, a, what I call a cement block. Some people call it a cinder block. And I lifted it up above my head. And you could hear the screaming coming out of this bag. And I threw that block one time down on that trash bag and all the noise stopped. And I did it a couple more times just to make sure they were dead. And then I threw it in the trash can, washed my hands. We got in the car and drove to Arkansas. And I... Oh, I put two more glue. I put some more glue traps back in there, though. And that night, they called me. My roommates called me and told me they caught two more. Yeah. Well, so we caught nine. Well, there's got to be tons of rats there now because according to this article, and it makes sense, there's no way to rat-proof a house. It has to be built rat-proof. And old houses, the, the only way to rat, get rid of rats, you can set all the traps you want. There's just going to be more that are going to come back. You have to You have to fill in all the holes. And that old house from the 1800s, I mean, that's just, they're going to find their way. 
I mean, there were so many holes in that place. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, though, for there to be that many rats around there, I really didn't. I never saw any. You saw one. I never saw them. But and, you know, until we set the traps, I mean, they they had their own system going in there, but I bet they were coming out in our house at night. Well, because, you know, I didn't have a day job and most of the people were gone that lived at our house uh, were gone during the day. And so they probably felt real free to roam around the house during the day because no one was ever about. But I was about. Someone told me this, and I don't know if this is true, so don't quote me on this, but like in retail, big box retail stores, probably gas stations too, but big box retail stores like Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, they say the candy, they say rats just come out at night and just are all over those candy packages. Um, So like if you're, yeah, if you're, yeah, it's like, there for sure were rats in some of these older Home Depots that I used to go to and Lowe's. Um, I mean, you could see the droppings all behind there and they would eat in, eat in the bags. They would eat the grass seed bags, the bird seed bags. Um, yeah, I mean, it's wild. I mean, the best thing about us with candy is most of our candy is not real food anymore. I think a lot of times even ants won't eat the candy because there's nothing. But rats will eat anything. Yeah. Rats don't care. Yeah. Rats will eat anything. Wow. What else you got there? Well, just some more rat stuff, really. Read us a few more rat things. Okay. Um, Rats fight savagely and blindly in the manner of mad dogs. They bare their teeth and leap about every which way, snarling and snapping and clawing the air. A full-grown black rat, when desperate, can jump three feet horizontally and make a vertical leap of two feet two inches. And a brown rat is nearly as spry. They are greatly feared by firemen. One of the hazards of fighting a fire in a junk shop or an old warehouse is the crazed rats. It is dangerous to poke at them. They are able to run right up a cane or a broomstick, um, inflict deep, gash-like bites on their assailant's hands. A month or so ago, in broad daylight, on the street in front of a riding academy on the west side, a stable boy tried to kill a rat with a mop. It darted up the mop handle and tore the thumbnail off the boy's left hand. Wow. And there's more. Veteran exterminators say that even they are unable to be calm around rats. I've been in this business 31 years and I must have seen 50,000 rats, but I never got accustomed to the look of them. One elderly exterminator said recently, every time I see one, my heart sinks and I get the belly flutters. In alcoholic wards, the rat is the animal that most frequently appears in the visual hallucinations of patients with delirium tremors. In Ireland, in fact, the DTs are often referred to as seeing the rat. Wow. I mean, it is unreal. In New York City, there would be, I haven't been there in a long time, but when I spent a little time there, uh, you would see them all the time in the subways, just down below, see them on the streets. They said in New Orleans during COVID, during the shutdown, that the streets, the rats had gotten so used to all the bars and restaurants dumping their trash at the end of the night and coming out and eating it that when there was no activity, everything was shut down. The rats were just coming out. They were cannibalizing themselves because they had no food. Yeah. Yeah, this article talks about how 
most of rats lives are filled with anxiety. They're just like constantly just trying to find something to eat. Well, that's what, you know, that was my thinking with turning the mice loose was it just seemed like when I had mice, they spend their entire lives trying to get out of that cage. So my, my beautiful moment for them was, yeah, you know, they probably all got eaten by rats or, or I mean, by, by snakes or, or cats. Probably or so- your sister's, uh, her wholesaler. Yeah. They probably all got eaten by something like that fairly quickly. But for those last few moments, they were finally free. They finally had nothing restraining them. They could run to their heart's content. That's beautiful. That's a happy ending to a sick, twisted story. <laughs> No, thank you for that. I mean, I'm glad we got to talk about this. I mean. I had no idea. I knew you you played around with mice, but I didn't know you had a general population living up in that trailer, boy. You've come a long way, I'll tell you that yeah, much. People have no idea. Uh, they, sh- they don't want to know either. People sometimes, not very often, but sometimes try to act like I'm not that country. And I'm like, dude, I mean, I am. I am real trailer park. I mean, I had a guy today coming to look at the deck and I forgot. I mean, I don't, our, our front yard is really, it looks really nice, but our backyard, I mean, we got stuff growing. We got all kind of, uh, of things growing and I get wild back there. I'm collecting cardboard right now for a project that I'm going to do, yeah. trying to create some topsoil in some areas. Yeah. So I got some cardboard and, um, and I'm just like, I brought this guy back there and I'm like, dang, I was like, listen, I got a lot of redneck in me. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. It looks like this back here. Yeah. Uh, and wait, wait for a couple of weeks. If he comes back and builds us a porch, he's going to see an owl house. Maybe he'll get attacked. <laughs> I'm not going to put the owl in the yard. I've already I think decided. we should put up a neighborhood sign that just says, look, it, there's an, there's potential just owl out here. And we've drawn them to our house. We're sorry. Keep your children inside. (laughs) (laughs) Dusty wants to be the owl whisperer. So, you know. Well, I've decided that I'm going to put the owl house at the cabin. Okay. Okay. So we can. That's safer. That makes me feel more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, you've talked me out of it. Well, it's, it's insane is what it is. It's, it's, you're unhinged. Well, Maybe. I mean, bats and owls? Like, what are they? I don't even think those two get along. I don't think they have any. I don't think they have beef with each they other. Seem like, they seem like ornery types of birds well, that, just, that are not going to want to be hanging out with each other. Well, a bat's not a bird, but they're just nighttime creatures. Well, it's bird-esque. And they eat, bats eat mosquitoes, and that's why I want them. They say, they say just to bring this full circle, if you have a mouse problem, an owl will eliminate that problem for you. If you have an owl family living on your property, they will eat, the baby owls will eat two or three mice a day. That's what I'm talking about. And then bats will eat mosquitoes. They say they're the best, they're better than spraying for mosquitoes. If you have a bat population around, you will not have a mosquito problem. Now, these are all great reasons to get an owl house, but be honest. Do you want to just raise your arm and have an owl land on you? Well, of course. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. I don't think that's in my future, though. I think that's why you're doing it, though. I'm not that comfortable with animals. I like them to be around, but I, I'm i not. Uh, yeah. I mean, would that be great? Yeah, I'd love for a deer to come and eat out of my hand, but yeah. 
It's just not how it works. Yeah, you just want to look at them. Yeah, I just want to look at them. Yeah. I just want, I want us to be able to make eye contact and that owl know that I'm friendly and that I'm taking care of him and that there's nothing to worry about. Hey, maybe we'll have a general owl population here. Yeah. That'll be fun. That seems safe. Nothing weird about that. No mice. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I've really yeah. enjoyed this podcast. Yeah. I missed um, the first half, but the sun is sleeping. Yeah. So it all worked out. Um, this has been a good podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. We're having a good time. Time. Thank you.